Yo, what is going on everybody? My name is Courtney McIntosh and this is the Black Dad Chronicles. I just wanted to get on here today to uh, give a quick voting primer for the state of Michigan, which is the state I live um, and I will be voting on this coming Tuesday for uh, it is the uh, primary elections and <coughs> I have a uh, kind of uh, annoyed people with my stance on voting uh, the last couple of years and it's not that I choose not to vote it's that I choose to put more focus on voting locally which seems to be lost in every time I uh, you know talk about voting but a lot of people just focus on the you know me uh, potentially choosing to opt out or of the uh, presidential election or quote-unquote waste my vote as so many people told me uh, I did in 2016 I voted for Jill Stein in 2016 um, because I was not happy with either of the Republican or Democratic nominees so what I'm going to do though is because I, I live in Michigan I am going to give a uh, voting primer for Tuesday's uh, Tuesday's uh, primary election. So, um, today is Sunday. You know, we got like a day. So, I'm taking my information uh, straight from the DetroitFreePress.com. I also have uh, the uh, Secretary of State's website uh, pulled up. So, uh, let's see. First, let me put my phone in Do Not Disturb. All right. So, like I said, this is coming from the Detroit Free Press. Michigan August primary 2020. Everything to know on key races, absentee ballots, and more. So, Michigan holds its primary next Tuesday, August 4th. And all of 14, all 14 of Michigan's U.S. House seats, uh, one Senate seat, and 110 state House seats are up for grabs this fall, plus key races for prosecutor and other top county jobs, as well as elections at the community level. So, let me see. You can get an absentee ballot still. Um, you have to go to your local clerk's office to request a ballot. You have until 4 p.m. on Monday to do this, so until 4 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, the polls open at 7 a.m. open and close at 8 um, you do not have to wear a mask at the polls. That's what Governor Mint Whitmer, uh, her executive order states that you do not require uh, to wear a mask at polling places. But she did recommend that either people vote by mail or wear a facial covering if they decide to cast a ballot in person. So, um... I have voted absentee before when I was on deployment in the military, um, but uh, that's the only time that I have ever voted for uh, using my absentee ballot. Um, so Michigan also does uh, same-day voter registration. So if you're not registered to vote, you still can uh, register to vote when you go to cast your vote, before you go to cast your vote on Tuesday. You will need a, uh, a driver's license or state ID, a current utility bill, a bank statement, 
uh, a paycheck or a government check or other government documents. Now, those are the forms of identification that you will need. Excuse me. <clears throat> Don't know why my voice is so raspy this morning. So, um, let's see. All right. So let's go down to um, the key races for Congress. So as a, this is, like I said, this is coming straight from the Detroit Free Press. As always, the even year August primary is marked by partisan contests for congressional seats. And in the last six years, Michigan voters have seen huge changes with nine of the state's 14 seats being filled by new U.S. representatives. While that kind of change doesn't appear to be on tap in this year's balloting, Michigan is certain to get two new members of Congress. In, which, in West Michigan, where U.S. Representative Justin Amash, a libertarian from Cascade Township, has decided not to run for re-election. And in a thumb, in northern Macomb County, where uh, U.S. Rep. Paul Mitchell, a Republican from Dryden, Dryden, is stepping down. So the August 4th primaries in both will help determine who replaces them in Congress. And there's not going to be a primary uh, for the Senate seats. Uh, let me see. Republican businessman John James has a clear field to face sitting uh, Senator Gary Peters. Um, let's see. So here are the here are the the marquee races according to the Detroit Free Press. So in the 13th district. So the Free Press states the most intriguing race to watch is the Democratic primary in Michigan's 13th congressional district for the seat currently filled by U.S. Rep. Rashida Tlaib, who is a Democrat from Detroit. Facing her for the fourth time in two years is Detroit City Council President Brenda Jones, who lost a narrow victory in a crowded six-person field two years ago for nomination to the four-year term. So, uh, Rashida Tlaib versus Brenda Jones, and that is uh, the 13th District, and... The winner will face the rent winner of the Republican primary between David Dudenhofer, who ran two years ago, um, retired mechanical engineer Al Limo, and registered nurse Linda Sawyer. But the way this district is drawn, the winner of the Democratic, Democratic primary has an enormous advantage. So third district, elected to Congress on a Tea Party wave, in 2010, Justin Amash, a longtime Republican, is stepping down after warring with Trump, calling for the president's impeachment, quitting the party, and becoming a libertarian, and briefly winning a run for the presidency. Running for the Republican nomination to succeed him are Peter Meyer, an Iraq War veteran and member of the family that founded the grocery store chain of the same name, State Rep. Lynn. Ivan Dulles of Grand Rapids, a former National Guardsman, veteran, uh, and also veteran and Sand Lake Village official Tom Norton. Lions businessman Joe Farrington and lawyer Emily Raffi. The Free Press states that Meyer has the clear edge in name recognition, campaign money, and endorsements from National Republicans, but in a crowded field, it's unclear how it will play out. The winner will face lawyer Hillary Sh Schlotten, 
in a November race in a race in November in a race Democrats say is in reach. <clears throat> uh, let's see. All right, so the 10th district. So in 2016, it says Mitchell, a businessman who had become active in Michigan politics, spent more than $3 million of his own money to be elected to the seat, only to decide after two terms it was time to depart. This district is reliably Republican. Whoever wins the August 4th primary is likely to be in Congress in January. Running our state rep Shane Hernandez, Republican from Port Huron, businesswoman Lisa McCain, McLean, excuse me, and retired Air Force Brigadier General Doug Slocum, a former commander at Selfridge Air National Guard Base in the district. Without any independent public polling, it's hard to tell who might have the edge, and each of the candidates appear to have advantages. Hernandez and McLean especially have been waging a battle for votes in the district. Hernandez got a key endorsement from Mitchell, but McLean has been working to tout herself as a more reliable ally of President Trump's agenda. The winner will face the winner of a Democratic primary between Kim Kimberly Bizon, a web director who won the nomination two years ago, and Kelly Nolan, an Army nurse. All right, so I'm trying to find, see if I can find a map of the uh, the districts. Let me see. Okay, so let me go back to the free press. So let me see. An eye towards November. Two years ago, amid a Democratic wave that washed across the U.S. and returned that party to control of the U.S. House, the August primaries that led to two formerly Republican controlled districts outside Detroit being flipped. The Michigan 8th, with U.S. Rep. Alyssa Slotkin from Holly, Democrat from Holly, being elected. In the Michigan 11th, with U.S. Rep. Haley Stevens, a Democratic, a Democrat from Rochester Hills, winning. Both are running for re-election and face no opponents in opponents in their primaries. While there are plenty of Republicans running for the right to take them on in November, with the hope of flipping those districts back, none have significant name recognition or fundraising prowess. While Slotkin and Stevens have amassed vast war chests heading into the fall. The 8th District, which includes Northern Oakland County and Ingham Counties. Paul Jung of Brighton, a former prosecutor and news anchor who also did work in Congress and for the Trump administration is running, as are Fowlerville attorney Christina Leike and Ortonville businessman and veteran Alan Hoover. All are first-time congressional candidates, as is Mike Detmer of Howell, who has worked at auto dealerships and returned to Michigan about five years ago with his family. Detmer has run into some controversy 
after posting a picture on social media of him with a group of people protesting Governor, Governor Whitmer's stay-at-home orders, one of whom was criticized as indicating a white power hand symbol. Detmer has said he didn't know the person was doing that and does not support the white power movement. Uh, so the eleventh, so that's uh, the eighth district, the key people running in the eighth district. The eleventh district, uh, slightly slightly more crowded field, is vying for the eleventh district, which includes southeastern Oakland County and western Wayne County. While there is no clear front runner, Birmingham lawyer Eric Ishaki, a newcomer appears to have links with the Republican establishment and is Chaldean, potentially giving him access to vital to a vital community in Metro Detroit. He faces a unique field that includes Carmeletta Greco of Northville, a former fashion designer of Philadelphia, um, who is also a biblical art enthusiast and political neophyte. That's what the Free Press describes her as. Uh, Whitney Williams of Canton, a former model for auto companies who has some of the team that supported Trump's winning effort in Michigan two years ago working for her campaign. And Frank Acosta, owner of a video production firm in Northville. Also running is former U.S. Rep. Kerry uh, Volio, a Republican from Milford who slipped into Congress in 2012 after the then-incumbent's campaign submitted false signatures to the Secretary of State, and Binti Folio was the only name left on the Republican ballot in what then was a securely Republican district. He was voted out in 2014 and has run unsuccessfully to try and regain a job a couple times since. There has been some controversy in the race, with accusations flying back and forth between Ishaki and Greco, especially. Ishaki has tried to paint Greco, who was raised in Metro Detroit, as being a latecomer and someone who has supported Democrats in the past, though she points out the only Democrat she supported was her brother. Greco put out a false ad claiming Ishaki, a former nurse who practiced as an attorney in New York City for a time, as supporting forced vaccinations, which the free press found to be false. So here are Michigan races worth noting. Uh, the 6th District says U.S. Representative Fred Upton, a Republican from St. Joseph, who represents a district in the southwestern corner of the state, is overwhelmingly likely to recapture his party's nomination despite a challenge by Elena Olecki a businesswoman and real estate broker who grew up in Ukraine and immigrated to the U.S. in 1998. Given his name recognition and financial resources, this is is from the website, but the affable Upton has, who has represented the district since 1987, could face a stiff, stiff challenge in the general election given that he won two years ago by just four percentage points. Upton will face the winner of the Democratic primary between state rep John Holdley, a Democrat from Kalamazoo, who is in his third term in Lansing and is the party's vice chair of the powerful House Appropriations Committee, and Jen Richardson, a mother and science teacher at the Kalamazoo Area Math and Science Center. 
Holy would appear to have the edge and name recognition and resources in the district. Other Metro Detroit races, uh, the 9th District. Excuse me, U.S. Representative Andy Levin, Democrat from Bloomfield Township, won election to his first term in 2018 in this eastern Oakland, southern Macomb, solidly Democratic district. He's unopposed in the primary and will face the winner of a Republican primary between Gabby Grossbard of Southfield, who has experience as a car salesman and in commercial real estate, and Charles Langworthy, a Navy veteran from Roseville. The 12th District, U.S. Representative Debbie Dingell from Dearborn, a Democrat, has represented the district, which covers parts of Down River and Western Wayne County and stretches west to Ann Arbor since her husband, uh, the late John D. Dingell, stepped down in 2015. In a Democratic primary, she faces a medical student, Solomon Rajput. The winner of this predominantly, predominantly Democratic district faces Jeff Jones, a Republican who lost to Dingle in the last two elections. The 14th district, U.S. Representative Brenda Lawrence, a Democrat from Southfield, has been representing this Democratic district, which includes parts of Detroit and the Gross Points, and stretches into parts of Oakland County since 2015. She faces Terrence Morrison of West Bloomfield Township, a former Detroit Public Works employee who lost to Lawrence in 2016. In the Democratic primary, and the winner will face the winner of a Republican primary between Daryl Houston II, a lawyer and a former assistant prosecutor in Wayne County, and R. Vance Patrick, a construction contractor. Um, here is the first district. Let's see, the free press states, time was this up north upper peninsula district was considered the swingiest of swing districts in Michigan, but that seems to be over now, given that it has been in Republican hands since 2011 and Trump won it 58% to 37% in, in 2016. U.S. Representative Jack Bergman, who is a, a Republican from Watershmeet, has the GOP field to himself. And he'll face the winner of the Democratic primary between Linda Odell of Petoskey, who form, formerly worked in finance, and Dana Ferguson of Nagani, who works with his family's business in Ishpeming. The second district in Michigan, uh, U.S. Representative Bill Huizinga, who is a Republican from Zeeland, has been rep representing the staunchly Republican West Michigan district since 2011 and doesn't face a primary opponent. He'll face a Democrat and ordained minister, Brian Berghoff of Holland, in the general election. The 4th District. U.S. Rep. John Molinar, a Republican from Midland, has been representing this heavy Republican mid-Michigan district since 2015. He's unopposed in the primary and will face the winner of a Democratic primary between Anthony Feig, a professor of geography at Central Michigan University, and Jerry Hillard, a former Nabisco Inc. employee and public school teacher who lost to Molinar in 2018. The U.S. Uh, so, excuse me, the, uh, the 5th District. U.S. Representative Dan Kildee, 
Democrat from Flint Township, has represent, represented the Democratic-leaning Flint Center District since 2013. He's unopposed in the primary and will face the winner of the Republican primary between Earl Lackey, a volunteer firefighter and General Motors retiree, and former state rep Tim Kelly, Republican from Saginaw Township, one of the few former state legislators running this time. Kelly, a conservative who had tried to eliminate the State Board of Education, had been considered for a slot under U.S. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos three years ago, but saw his nomination end after reports that he made what were deemed offensive statements about Muslims and efforts to get more women into science and technology. This is still thought of as a reliably Democratic district, and QD hasn't had any problems. But it's worth noting that Trump came within four percentage points of winning this old industrial district in 2016. Now moving to the seventh district. Like the first district, this was once looked on as a possible pickup for Democrats, thinking back to the way it used to be drawn and was represented for a term. By former U.S. Rep. Mark Shower, a Democrat from Battle Creek. But U.S. Representative Tim Wahlberg, a Republican from Tipkin, who preceded Shower, lost to him, then beat him again in 2010, has held on to the district, drawn to be more reliably Republican in 2011 since then. Wahlberg's unopposed in the primary and will face Democratic former state rep Gretchen Driscoll of Saline. Driscoll has had success raising money and Democratic enthusiasm in this South Central Michigan district. She also has lost to Wahlberg as the Democratic nominee in the past two elections. Alright, so then now we have the uh, Michigan State House primaries. In-state House primaries in Detroit and a few other districts in Wayne, Oakland, and Macomb counties. The winner of the August 4th primary is almost guaranteed a seat in the legislature in the November 3rd general election. And with polls suggesting the November general election could be a good one for Democrats at the top of the ticket, much of the positioning in primary races in competitive districts relates to House Democrats trying to make gains and House Republicans trying to hold on to what they have. The 2018 election left state House Republicans with a 58-52 majority. For the Democrats to flip control, some suburban Detroit districts, particularly in Oakland County, will be key. For August 4th, the interesting state House primary elections fall into one of three categories. Districts that either lean Democratic or Republican, but where the incumbent is facing a primary challenge potentially more threatening than the opponent they would face in November, Um, open seats in strongly Democratic or Republican areas where the outcome of the primary election predetermines the general election result, and open seats that are competitive, which in one case has resulted in a primary battle on both the Republican and Democratic uh, ballots. So, like I said, I'm reading this straight from the Detroit Free Press. The incumbents face challenges. There are a few incumbents facing serious serious challenges, challengers in Wayne and Macomb counties. Here are a couple worth mentioning. In Michigan's 9th House District, which takes in a large swath of West Detroit, part of Dearborn, State Rep. 
Karen Whitsitt, a Democrat from Detroit, faces a strong challenge from Democratic activist Rosalind Ogburn, who is one of three Democrats who have stepped forward to challenge Whitsitt. Whitsitt has battled with her party leadership and angered many Democrats with her praise of Trump, who has pushed the highly the highly controversial hydroxychloroquine treatment that Whitsitt believes saved her from COVID-19. Ogburn, a housing organizer for Detroit Action, has been picking up union endorsements and raising more money than Whitsitt. The winner of the Democratic primary is expected to win in November. In the 5th House District, State Rep. Cynthia Johnson, Democrat from Detroit, has two Democratic challengers in this West Detroit district that gets split by both I-96 and I-94 as Johnson completes her first two-year term in the Michigan House of Representatives. The challenger with the greatest name recognition is Rita Ross, who has a lengthy history of community service in Detroit and is the youngest sister of Motown great Diana Ross. Johnson narrowly beat Ross in 2018 and since has gained the advantage of the incumbency. She has the brunt of the union and other endorsements. And here are some non-competitive open seats. There are several open seats in Wayne and Oakland counties where the state representative had to step down because of term limits and the winner of the Democratic primary is expected to go to Lansing. Here are a couple to watch. The primary in Oakland County's 37th House District, which takes in Farmington and Farmington Hills, features two current and one former member of the Farmington Hills City Council. They are all running to succeed House Minority Leader Christine Gregg, Democrat from Farmington Hills, who can't run again because of term limits. Getting most of the endorsements and seen as the favorite is Samantha Steckelhoff, uh, excuse me, Steckloff the daughter of Farmington Hills Mayor Vicki Barnett, a former state representative. Also running are Randy Bruce, who served 16 years on the council before leaving at the end of 2019 to run for the state house, and sales and marketing professional Michael Bridges, who has served on the council since 2008. In Detroit's third house district along Eight Mile Road, State Rep. Wendell Byrd can't run again because of term limits. Eight Democrats have come forward to succeed Byrd, including 2018 gubernatorial candidate Shri Thanadar, who moved to Detroit from the Ann Arbor area last fall. Thanadar is spending thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars of his own money on the campaign. Organized Labor, which is influential in Detroit primary races, has split its support between Detroit Democrats Donovan McKinney and Al Williams. I remember Shree from the governor's uh, campaign because uh, his I thought his uh, commercials were pretty quirky. Um, but uh, here is, let me see. I told you there are eight Democrats uh, in the third, vying to uh, get uh, Wendell Byrd's seat and those eight Democrats are, let's see if I can find them. I don't have a list. Oh, wait a minute. I got a st- Secretary of State. What is that? That is Third House District. Let's see. Excuse me. 
use the pause. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take a brief break and I will be right back. Yo, when we back, excuse me, I'm back. Uh, had to pay some bills. So, when I uh, left off, I left off on the eight Democrats who have come forward to succeed Wendell Byrd because Wendell Byrd cannot run again for the third house district because of term limits. So, here are the eight. You have a Democrat, and they're all Democrats. So you have China Cochran, John Cromer, Stephen Lett, Donovan McKinney, Keith McMurdy, Shree Thanadar, Art Tyus, Al Williams, and Anita Vinson, who is the lone Republican. So once again, the third district, which like we said, has eight people vying for uh, Wendell Anthony, Wendell Bird's uh, spot, are, excuse me, China Cochran, Democrat, John Cromer, Democrat, Stephen Lett, Democrat, Donovan McKinney, Democrat, Keith McMurtry, Democrat, Shri Thanadar, Democrat, Art Tyus, Democrat, Al Williams, Democrat, and one Republican, in Anita Vinson. So, uh, let's see, here are where the uh, Free Press say are the most competitive open seats. Uh, there are two, and they're not saying that these are the most competitive, but it's competitive open seats. There are two Oakland County races with competitive primaries where pundits say the result could go either way in November. One is the 38th House District, which takes in Novi, Walt Lake, South Lyon, and Lyon Township. Republican State Representative Kathy, Kathy Crawford, a Republican from Novi, can't run again because of term limits. Republican Chase Turner, a strong backer of Trump, who challenged Crawford in 2018 and came close to unseating her, faces civil engineer and businessman Srini Chirkudi and registered nurse Krista Spencer. On the Democratic side, Novi attorney Kelly Breen, who ran in 2018, faces first-time candidate Megan McAllister, a Novi marketing coordinator. In the 45th House District, which includes Rochester, Rochester Hills, and part of Oakland County, Oakland Charter Township, both parties feel they have a strong shot to see turn-limited state rep Michael Weber, a Republican from Rochester Hills. But only the Democrats have a competitive primary with Barb Annis of Rochester Hills, Barb, excuse me, Barb Annis of Rochester Hills facing Brendan Johnson of Rochester. In November, the winning Democrat will face the lone Republican in the primary, Mark Tisdale of Rochester Hills. So here are the uh, Oakland County election races. And this, uh, I pay attention to this because I live in Oakland County. So let's see. In the race for county executive, the Democrats' winner could take all in November. Continuing the party's year-long hold, by dint of a one-vote margin at the County Board of Commissioners. On the office held for decades by the GLP's longtime standard bearer, the late L. Brooks Patterson. 
Two popular candidates are vying for the job. Whoever wins will be in line to become the first first Democrat elected the top political boss of Michigan's most affluent county. The post pays $205,217 a year. So, uh, County Executive Dave Coulter was the mayor of Ferndale when he was appointed to the top job last year following Patterson's death. Before that, Coulter served on the County Board of Commissioners from 2002 to 2010, where he earned a reputation as an effective broker of bipartisan consensus. His opponent in the Democratic primary is County Treasurer Andy Meissner. He was elected in 2008 as the first Democrat to hold the treasurer's job, then re-elected in 2012 and 2016. Before becoming treasurer, 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 Meisner was a state representative from 2002 until he was term limited in 2008. Two Republicans are also running for executive, including former state representative, I mean, excuse me, former state senator Mike Kowal. He was a state representative from 1999 to 2002, White Lake Township Supervisor from 2004 to 2010, and a state senator from 2011 to 2018, serving on the GOP leadership team. For the first two, 10 months of 2019, he was a special economic advisor to the county on legislation in Lansing. Opposing him in the GOP tr- primary is political newcomer Jeffrey Nutt a lawyer from Troy. Nutt said he worked in the Detroit and Washington offices of former U.S. Senator Carl Levin, one of Michigan's most prominent Democrats. Three Democrats are running for sheriff, with the winner facing GOP incumbent Sheriff Michael Beauchard in November. They are Vincent Gregory, a former state senator, former state representative, former county commissioner, and retired Wayne County Sheriff's Detective. Barrett Jones, a retired Oakland County Sheriff's Captain who has been a police chief in Ann Arbor as well as Sterling Heights, and Randy Maloney, a political newcomer and retired Oakland County Sheriff's Jail Deputy. Prosecutor Jessica Cooper, a Democrat, has held her seat for 12 years. She faces opposition from Karen McDonald, a former Circuit Court Judge and former County Assistant Prosecutor. On the GOP side, Lake Orion lawyer Lynn Goltz, uh, yeah, I think that's Goltz, her name is spelled G-O-E-T-Z, I think that's Goltz, is running unopposed. So, clerk, register of deeds, Lisa Brown, I didn't even know that was a position that existed. So, clerk slash register of deeds, Lisa Brown, a Democrat, is running unopposed. Tina Barton, who has been Rochester Hills clerk since 2013, faces Patrick Wilson, a criminal defense attorney from Bloomfield Hills, in the GOP primary. Term limited state rep Robert Wittenberg, sorry, excuse me. Term limited state rep Robert Wittenberg is running in the Democratic primary for treasurer against Robert Corbett Jr., a real estate agent and longtime member of the Madison Heights City Council. On the Republican side, Susan Anderson, owner of a bookkeeping agency and treasurer of the Oakland County Oakland Community College Board of Trustees, is running against Joe Kent, an Oxford business owner who narrowly lost the 2016 Republican primary for state rep in the 46th district. 
Water Resources Commissioner Jim Nash is running unopposed in the Democratic primary. Three are running on the GOP ticket. Robert Buxbaum of Oak Park, a former chemical engineering professor at Michigan State who lost to Nash in 2016. Jim Stevens of Rochester Hills, who lost a 2015 contest to Rochester Hills Mayor Brian Barnett and political newcomer Stephen Johnson of Highland Township. I'm pretty sure I see Jim Stevens signs all over the place. Okay, so Macomb County election races. The county prosecutor's race is the highlight in the primary, with the winner in November filling a seat that had been dominated for more than a decade by Democrat Eric Smith. The seat came open when Smith resigned earlier this year after he was charged with embezzlement and misconduct misconduct in office. Many familiar names want the job, including two former judges, a state senator, and a former president of the State Bar of Michigan. Five Democrats and two Republicans are vying for the four-year seat with a current salary of nearly $158,000. The top vote-getter in each party faces off in November. The Democratic candidates are, and this is for the position of Macomb County County Prosecutor. So, the Democratic nominees are Mary, man, I'm sorry, butcher names, Mary Shraznowitzki of Harrison Township, who is a retired circuit court judge who was nicknamed Scary Mary and a former federal administrative law judge. Jody Switowski of Harrison Township, former district court judge in Waterford and wife of Macomb County Circuit Judge Mark Switowski. Tom Rombach of Clinton Township, a past president of the State Bar of Michigan, who also served as a county commissioner and on the county's charter commission. Saima Khalil of Sterling Heights, who is believed to be the first Muslim candidate to run for prosecutor in Michigan and is an attorney who has worked in private practice and with legal aid and whose work has focused on serving the indigent community. And Eva... I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce her name, but it's spelled T-K-A-C-Z-Y-K. I don't know how to pronounce that. She's of Chesterfield Township. She's a defense attorney who ran unsuccessfully for county clerk in the 2018 primary. It's only two GOP candidates, and they are State Senator Peter Lucido of Shelby Township, who faced multiple accusations of sexual harassment earlier this year. An internal investigation found he engaged in inappropriate workplace behavior, but Lucido said he has never sexually harassed anyone. He served as a state representative before being elected state senator. And Richard John Goodman of Romeo, a former county assistant prosecutor who was chief of the juvenile court division from 1999 to 2004, He spent 30 years in the prosecutor's office. So in Macomb County, those are your candidates for the county prosecutor. Uh, Let's see. And I'm getting all this from, like I said, uh, thefreepress.com. 
So the Republican County Treasurer, Larry Rocca, faces primary opponents Sherry Murphy, former Deputy Treasurer, and Aaron Stahl, a former top deputy to ousted. Oh, to ousted clerk slash register of deeds, Karen Springer, and a former St. Clair Shore City Councilwoman. Jackie Ryan, Springer's former chief deputy, register of deeds, is running as a Republican for county clerk slash register of deeds. She faces Anthony Forlini, a former Harrison Township supervisor and state representative. Julie Williams, who was unsuccessful in prior bids for clerk. And Daniel Joseph Russell, who said on Facebook that he has years of experience in international business and logistics. The winner faces clerk registered... uh, Clerk, Register of Deeds, Fred Miller, a Democrat, in November. The GOP primary for sheriff has Terrence Mikowski, who spent 25 years with Oakland County Sheriff's Office and worked for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration as a senior financial investigator for an opioid strike force, facing Michael Rathel, an attorney who has run unsuccessfully for prosecutor. The winner faces Sheriff Anthony Wickersham, a Democrat, in November. There is no primary for Public Works Commissioner. Public Works Commissioner Candace Miller, a Republican, faces Democrat Tony Mosseri, a former county commissioner, in November. Now, here are here is uh, where a lot of my friends and family uh, will probably want to pay attention to the to uh, Wayne County election races. So, and and like like I said earlier, I'm getting all this from thefreepress.com. So, Wayne County election races. In the Democratic primary in Wayne County, 16-year incumbent prosecutor Kim Worthy faces the toughest challenge of her career in newcomer Victoria Burton-Harris, a defense attorney who has an endorsement of former Democratic presidential candidate Bernie Sanders of Vermont. Worthy is endorsed by Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Attorney General Dana Nessel, and all 15 county commissioners, as well as 22 mayors and six township supervisors. Wow. Worthy has run handedly in previous races against nominal competition. No Republican is running for prosecutor. Incumbent Sheriff Benny Napoleon was appointed to his position in 2009 and elected to keep the seat in 2012 and 2016. He faces two challengers in the Democratic primary. Charles Corley II of Westland is a Ford UAW member who previously worked for the Wayne County Sheriff's Office in the jail. And T.P. Nikoriak of Detroit ran unsuccessfully for county commission in 2018 as a Republican. He served 16 months in federal prison after pleading guilty to stealing U.S. savings bonds from a tra- Hamtramck church in 2015. No Republican is running for sheriff. Incumbent Treasurer Eric Sabri was appointed to his post in April 2016 and won a four-year term in November of that year. He is challenged in the Democratic primary by Beverly Kendall Walker of Detroit, a former legislative aide on the county commission and the Detroit City Council, and Angelo S. Brown, also of Detroit. Anthony Wozniak of Livonia is 
unopposed as in the Republican primary for treasurer. Incumbent Register of Deeds Bernard Youngblood is challenged by Ricardo Moore, a former Detroit police commissioner in the Democratic primary. Parker Burns of Plymouth is unopposed in the Republican primary for Register of Deeds. Alright, so where do we stand? So, those are, if you live in Michigan, uh, that's these are what your these positions are what you are voting for on Tuesday. It's the primary. Um, it's not the main election. We all know that's in November, but uh, this could be. This is a big step to um, determining, you know, things that get passed at, at the local level in your county, be it Wayne, Oakland, or Macomb. Um, and I am a big proponent of voting locally because locally, honestly, is where you see the most change in your hometown. I mean, not in your hometown, but you know, I always make sure I go out and vote in all the local elections because, you know, I live locally and the policies that, uh, the policies that are, and people on the docket have a direct impact on me, you know, the presidential, the national elections, yeah, they're cool and stuff like that, and there are, some people debate, you know, how important they are, I certainly do, um, but locally is where, uh, where you live is directly influenced in local elections, so people, one of the things that I've been trying to get at recently is being an informed voter not just picking Republican or picking Democrat just because that's how you've always done it just because your family has done it you know be a smart be informed uh, be well educated and knowledgeable on who you're voting for because those people who you're voting for are the people who you know Let's, let's be honest, we're going to either praise or complain about, you know, over the next four years. So be informed. That's all I'm asking. Be informed. Uh, be well-intentioned and be smart about who you're giving your vote for. Uh, I mean, be smart about who you're giving your vote to. Um, so uh, anyway, that's it for this, the, this issue, this episode of the Black Dad Chronicles. Uh, I'm Courtney McIntosh. Peace.